0: And now...
1: Proper propaganda. Watch it. Pull my back. You like that? too. We can strike back. with orders from headquarters. Behind enemy lines.
2: If you're just tuning in to Civic Cipher, I'm your host, Ramses Ja. Okay, I said some things earlier that weren't true. He is Ramses J. I <laughs> I am Q Ward. You are listening to Civic Cipher. Yes, indeed. Uh, be sure to
0: stick around. we got a lot more show left for you. Um, we will be talking about... Um, the reverse freedom rides. As it turns out, this whole Martha's Vineyard stunt isn't new. That's Once upon
2: a time, they used to ship black people into these communities. Such a thing uh, used to exist and clearly still does. How about that? Um, and we're also going to talk about
0: um, Bill Maher and some things that he had to say about slavery. So, um, Yeah. It takes some time with that one, definitely. Um, But first and uh, foremost, uh, we like to teach you how to become a better ally, Baba. So we will do that right now. This week's Baba is sponsored by the Black Information Network daily podcast on iHeartRadio, where you can hear discussions and interviews on topics and news stories important to the black community. Visit BINnews.com. Today's Baba comes via UnitedAgainstBookBans.org. We want you to say no to book bans. Um, from January 1st to August 31st, 2022, there have been 681 attempts to ban or restrict library resources, and 1,651 unique titles have been targeted. Access to a wide variety of reading materials is critical for student development and well-being. And the right to read is on the ballots across the country this November. Book challenges in 2022 set to exceed 2021 record. Take a stand against book bans and visit unite against to learn more. Access resources and help defend the right for us all to read freely across our nation. Um, And here's another note from... Our producer, Ms. Maggie, aka Maggie B. No, one. she do. Um, there's a clip going around of Tom Hanks, um, and he's he's uh, someone who's been very vocal about his lack of access to information, particularly Black history, which is American history, in his estimation, and our estimation, of course. Um, and he tells a story uh, in brief about. He's like, yo, when I was in school, I learned about Custer's last stand and I learned about, you know, wounded knee. And I but I never learned about the Tulsa uh the um where is it? It's written here. The Tulsa Massacre. Massacre. That's what I thought. Tulsa Massacre and Black Wall Demolition Street. Demolition and burning down right. of Black Wall Street. And uh this move against CRT or what they're calling CRT is uh attempting to sort of whitewash that and so if you find that video online um check it out again tom hanks talking about um the american
2: education system all right now let's talk bill Maher. um you're familiar with bill Maher, very what are your thoughts on him the person Once upon a time, I would watch Bill Maher weekly. And I'm talking about every week for years, every Friday for years. My mom and I both, even in different cities, we'd we'd watch, record, recap the show together. Uh, Bill presented himself as ally through probably the last five or six administrations or something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, most slamboyantly and most aggressively during Trump's presidency Mm -hmm. and in his disdain for what he'd watched the office become I'd formed a bit of a like symbiotic bond with tuning into his show if even as a form of therapy listening to someone else (laughs) Remind me that I wasn't crazy, crazy for what yeah. I was what I was watching watching happen
1: sure.
2: to our country and to you know what used to be our highest office, but in the last few years, and really not just in the last few years, but every now and then, he'll dip his toe into some really really strange waters i remember an episode maybe four or five years ago presented himself as a house n-word or something to that uh something similar to yeah, that i remember that and the following week ice cube came on the show to kind of remind him like it's not really your place to you know i know you're funny and i know you've kind of presented yourself as ally and i en- endeared yourself with us but that's not it yeah Uh, More recently, after Civic Cipher began, he had a guest on that he kind of urged along some similar lines to this, like, essentially, stop complaining about racism, stop complaining about your history in this country, stop complaining about having gone through all these terrible things, right? You don't need affirmative action. You don't need to be anybody's victim kind of thing and um the guest on the show was a black man encouraging us to stop being victims and you know essentially pretend all of these things didn't happen in the wake of you know mr west saying that slavery was a choice and just very very similar rhetoric to that Mm -hmm. Uh, and after that episode we talked about it on civic cipher that had to be well over a year ago Mm mm-hmm um i haven't watched an episode since this is after watching every week for years because i i saw it right then in that in that space even though he wasn't the one talking he was far too pleased with what he was hearing right like he didn't disagree he didn't object he didn't he didn't offer any context he didn't he just not only accepted but seemed to encourage like Yeah, I know some black people and that is how they feel. And I'm like, whoa, you're speaking on behalf of black people. Even if based on the direct opinion of some black people that, you know, you, sir, speaking on behalf of black people, the both of you, your guest and you, sir, the host, that's a bit far from me. And I could tell, like I said, in his comfort with listening to what this gentleman that was was saying, and how ridiculous it was, when there were no objections and not even not just no objections, but him seeming to be pleased with what he was hearing, I understood that something had happened mm. that he'd either been performing all along, and he got us or that something in his ideology and his beliefs was starting to change. Mm. And so when this most recent thing came up, I had to hear about it like the rest of us via social media instead of previously, I would have heard it live. Yeah. Uh, But I was not even this surprised or shocked because I already saw it. I already saw him make that left turn. Or that right turn, however you want to, however you (laughs) want to phrase what you did there. And um, it was disappointing. But it wasn't shocking or surprising. It's it's not a corner that he occupies by himself. It's just one that once upon a time it would have seemed he never would have stood on. So this is what uh this is where I'm going to paint
0: the picture for you, our listener. So he made a few points in this rant. Um, we are going to spare you the rant, um, but if you want to figure it out or, or figure out what he said, you can find it online. There's lots of folks that have lots of opinions on it. Um, You may notice online that a lot of conservative voices have a lot to say about it because it paints a picture that they would like to call accurate. Um, But for those of you hearing it here first, just, bear this in mind. If you come across those conservative voices, I had, in fact, I talked about this on the black information network daily podcast. I had to dedicate a whole episode to it because there was so, and it thank, was and so hurt for that. Cause it was, I think that's, did important. you, did you catch
2: that one? Of course I did. Oh,
0: man! All right. Well, um, it was such a hurtful thing. Okay. So, um, here's some of the main points that he made in his rant. He talked about, um, uh, Slavery, when slavery was taking place, okay. Says, um, black people own slaves. Um, he says slavery is a a human condition, it existed around the world for since the beginning of human beings, something like this. Um, it's not necessarily a black or white thing, it's a human thing. Um, and uh, then he goes on to say, you know, Africans sold slaves into uh africans sold africans into slavery right so these are the points that he's that he made right and to anybody wanting to distance themselves from the legacy of slavery in other words what does what impact did slavery have that can still be felt today right and i don't care who you are if you want to have that conversation with me i'm ready Dr. Westenberg is my teacher. I can do that. Um, but yeah, the legacy of slavery, anybody that wants to distance themselves from the legacy, of the responsibility, the accountability, um, the accountability, thank you, um, of slavery. Anybody that looks at Black people and says, you know, Black people have less money, they're less healthy, they die younger, um, they're uh it, it, they're involved in the criminal justice system at disproportionate rates. Um, infant mortality rate. Infant mortality, you know, on and on. You know the list. They live in uh, lower income communities. They pass
2: on less wealth. You know, their access to, you know, less, less and less in the way of resources, education. Yeah, on and on. You know the list. For anybody that knows that to be true
0: and then says, well, it's just because Black people are just bad people.
2: Bad at being people or whatever it is that they say. Yes, I'm good at being people. However it is that they say it. Those people need what Bill
0: Maher says to be true. Because I think fundamentally, if you think about it, you know that that cannot be true. Black people are the people that created all the people. And some of these things are unique to America. So if you go to Africa, you'll find black people and you'll see that these things are not true in africa it's not to say that africa does not have its own problems but a point that as I up, does
2: everywhere in the world right yeah.
0: but you know africa is known for being poor how did africa become synonymous with poverty well it might have something to do with let's be honest the use of gunpowder by europeans um And
2: I love how eloquently and and pleasantly you presented that it might have something to do with. Oh, it definitely has something to do with that. (laughs) Um, But but let's take it a step further. OK,
0: we we know gunpowder is invented by the Chinese. Right. Um, Procured by uh, Europeans. And then that coupled with disease was used to really change the way the world looked and remake the world in in such a manner that it benefits largely white people of European descent. Um the entire world by the way. Sure, comes. sure. I mean you can go from India to <laughs> you can go anywhere. It doesn't matter. Um now back to Africa. The point I made is that as we know, Africa is home to the wealth of the world. All the gold, all the diamonds, all the oil, the minerals, the you know The land is fertile, you know, Um, cradle of civilization, the most ancient of civilizations, the most advanced of ancient civilizations. Um, How is it that a place that was home to Mansa Musa, to all the pharaohs, my my name, the the person I'm named after, um, uh, Ramses. One of the wealthiest people to ever have lived. That's my actual name, too. Q said it wasn't. Hey, that's my. That's on my birth uh, uh, certificate. Uh, <laughs> I recanted. Yeah, you did. Um, how is it that Africa is so poor? And then when you go and you look at it, you know, the same thing was true of our native brothers and sisters here. Same is true of you know folks in India and you know other large British colonies um, or otherwise European. Outposts around the world um, These folks were doing fine Until some new folks Showed up and they brought disease and gunpowder with them Right
2: um, What was the gunpowder for? Uh, uh, for the guns And what were the guns for? To kill the people that okay. didn't sign the deals Or you know whatever I wanted to make sure we were yes. explicit about that so It was not for trade I'm going to get back to Bill Maher but hear me out So um, You know you end
0: up doing one bad deal and it takes a lot of people to really, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, colonize is not the right word, but um, occupy, that's the word. Um, and so doing this, these deals, doing, you know, this paperwork sort of stuff where the country does a deal with another country with, interest rates that can never be repaid and you know you're not allowed to sell finished goods you can only sell textiles and this sort of thing these are the deals that have caused africa to remain poor and for the foreseeable future will be poor um it largely benefits you know white european countries um obviously disproportionately benefits africans who live where the resources are um, and. That's what we call white supremacist institutions, right? So now that you've had that history lesson,
2: allow me to finish with Bill Mark. He talks about people who could afford slaves, affording slaves, including black people, right?
0: As a way of, again, distancing himself or, uh, this narrative allows the right or really the country, if I'm honest, the left too. let's be fair to distance themselves from the problems that black people still endure to this day. Again, the legacy of slavery. Um, and again, if you don't know what I'm talking about in terms of the legacy of slavery, one great example that you can read that will take you, we'll call it 20 minutes. It's not even a full book. It's called How to Make a Slave. It's written by a guy named Willie Lynch. Um, it's purported to be a work of fiction, but um, it is still very accurate to the mentality, the brilliance, if you will, um, and the
2: uh, economics. Yeah, as a, as a tool of societal, socioeconomic um, warfare. Sure, sure. It's quite brilliant. Absolutely. And has stood the test of time. It's, it, it worked on us. <laughs> so it's still working. still working.
0: Yeah. And that was the point. So again, the legacy of slavery, I'm not going to develop that because unfortunately, we don't have the time to do it. But please, please, please. Societal, if you, sociological, if you love economic warfare, if you love me, if not even if you love anybody, if you've ever met a black person that you can say that you love, please read that to understand the legacy of slavery a little bit better. Again, 20 minutes of your life. It will change you for the better and it'll change you forever, okay?
2: Now, black people owning slaves in this country. Um,
0: Let's redefine white supremacy for our listeners. So white supremacy isn't something that only benefits white people. White supremacy or white supremacist institutions or whatever are institutions or societal frameworks that largely benefit white people and are often largely at the expense of non-white people are always at the expense of non-white people sure sure um now sometimes i'm going to say i'm going to say sometimes because sometimes there are poor white people that end up in that system and you know we make this argument sometimes
2: on the show rich versus poor which is very very much ironically i'm so glad you brought that point up because it's more rich versus poor. Oftentimes, yeah. Than black versus white. oftentimes, Right? But they've... <laughs> ooh, ooh, and this is why it's so brilliant. It's been so expertly... I might have made that word up, but, but ride with me. Expertly. I'm with it's so expertly executed as a play of black versus white that you convince the poor white man that the even wealthy black man is beneath him. or otherwise his enemy and you keep him subjugated as ally to the rich white man whose thumb he's under
0: how about that so let me finish um it is possible now that we've defined what white supremacy looks like as long as it largely benefits these group this group and disproportionately affects this other group that's um that's the the makings we'll call it the makings because i can't say across the board right Right. i can't say across the board but those are the makings of a white supremacist institution right so it is possible for black people to participate in white
2: supremacist institutions yes it is It is possible for black people
1: to benefit
2: i.e jason whitlock if you ever have time to google someone black that benefits from and participates in the practice and institution of white supremacy there you have it perfect now um
0: he talks about slavery around the world now slavery has existed since people right and he's not saying anything that no one doesn't that, that we don't know you know what i mean this isn't some new revelation uh it's not like we're like oh my gosh there was slavery before You know, because he goes on to talk about the Bible and anyone that grew up in this country knows that there were slaves in the Bible. Right. The Bible obviously is a lot older than this country. So there you have it. Right. But what he's trying to do is kind of um, dilute. What the word slavery means in this country. um, And conflate it with. Slavery, historically speaking where in this country the slavery was very very different it was pure economics it was we're going to take you from your homeland right we're going to change your language we're going to rape you we're going to beat you slaves have been beaten you know what i mean but not all of these things together we're going to chop your foot off if you try to escape you know, this sort, this, this type of cruelty, we're going to make you wear these chains. We're going to make you wear these masks. We're going to, you know, and we need sound economics. Yeah, chattel, we're going
2: to shadow slavery, chattel slavery. most unique to the Americas. We are going to perform and medical experiments Africans. on you, perform
0: mm-hmm. medical experiments on you. But the key above all else, above any other type of slavery that I've seen, and this is something that I've looked into, obviously, Dr. Westenberg's student. We were not human
2: beings bought and sold as property, not human beings owned into perpetuity, and our children and considered non-human beneath those who owned us. He goes on to talk about prisoners of war as property. Yeah,
0: we cannot work our way out of it. Nothing. That was it. That was our permanent condition. Now, he goes on to make a point about Slavic people. That's where the word slave comes from. Um, Again, this is another point that I made in the Black Information Network daily podcast. Um, Slavic people were white people. That's where the term comes from. And you see how harmful his his rhetoric is? And intentionally harmful. And it, oh my God, it's, it, oh Jesus. But anyway, back to what I'm trying to say here. Slavic people, white people. If you could show me some white people that endured the type of slavery that was designed to operate in perpetuity for sound economics, so that the slaves won't come kill you in your house, right? The type of slavery in the Americas and the Caribbean. Show me some white folks that, that uh, endured
2: that type of slavery. You won't find a such example. My point exactly.
0: And then you of course- You won't
2: find another no, example of any other people oh, in I history that's, having That's why
0: it's so dangerous that he gives this to the right, even. Taking it away from black people. And it's almost like, oh, black people, you're responsible for where you're stationed in life. I was born in 82 into this world and black people, I never had no wealth in this country. And it's like, well, it's your own fault. We, we fl- freed the slaves. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. Well, no, of, there's none we of us a, own slaves. We, we, well, what's the problem? We got a lot more to address than just that. You know, there's some psychological, some deeper implications. There's a deeper legacy there. Read the Willie Lynch letter, as I mentioned. And then of course he talks about how Africans sold slaves. Again, we mentioned this before. We know that this is true. Um, I'd done the research on this and, the the truth is the Africans that sold the slaves did not know where they were going. They thought the same type of slavery that they were practicing in Africa would be the same type of slavery they sold their folks into. So not excusing that, still an awful thing to do, but that's the extent of their crimes in Africa. What happened in the Americas is really what created the legacy that we have to deal with today that we so experienced today it's time for the way black history fact sorry i have to move on so quickly but um that's how it goes when the clock is ticking right do what you gotta do so uh today's way black history fact is sponsored by hip-hop weekly media um you can check out more at hiphopweekly.com um we're going to be talking about reverse freedom rides um to call back to what we talked about earlier in the show, the Martha's Vineyard political stunt by Ron DeSantis and company. Um, This comes via Politico. So I will, read. in the spring of 1962, David Harris, a short order cook from Little Rock, Arkansas, arrived in Hyannis, Massachusetts, a small but tony vacation village located on Cape Cod, best known then and now as the location of the Kennedy family's summer compound. Harris, who was black, traveled to Hyannis in search of work with funding and encouragement from Little Rock's White Citizens Council, one of many local organizations comprised of middle-class white professionals who, while dedicated to the preservation of segregation, styled themselves as the respectable, moderate alternative to the Ku Klux Klan. Earlier that year, council members in New Orleans and Little Rock... dreamed up a public relations stunt they would offer black southerners bus fare and relocation costs to undertake quote reverse freedom rides to northern cities where they told their victims good jobs and housing awaited them the idea was to embarrass and expose the hypocrisy of northern liberals who cheered the real freedom rides but whom they suspected would blanch at receiving thousands of black transplants in their own communities Harris was just the first of roughly 100 Black Southerners whom the council council shipped to Hyannis. In this particular case, the Citizens' Council had a specific target in mind, Edward M. Kennedy, the president's younger brother, who was campaigning for a seat in the United States Senate. President Kennedy's brother assured you a grand reception to Massachusetts, the council's leadership assured them. Good jobs, housing, etc. are promised. Uh, Kennedy, a summer resident of Hialeah, called the segregationist bluff. He organized a reception for, Harris's, uh, for Harris comprised of local residents who extended a warm welcome. The story of reverse freedom rides assumed a new meaning this week when persons seemingly associated with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis promised a group of Venezuelan asylum seekers that good jobs and housing as well as expedited work permits awaited them in Boston. The migrants were transported instead without their knowledge to Martha's Vineyard, as we mentioned, in an attempt to surprise and expose the hypocrisy of liberals who oppose the Republican Party's hardline immigration stance. The ploy didn't work out exactly as they planned. Residents of the small island warmly embraced the asylum seekers. Much of the citizens of Hyannis welcomed David Harris some 60 years earlier. The two stories share some similar characteristics. In both cases, elected officials attempted to pin their critics in a corner in neither case did the play immediately succeed though today's story has yet to play out In mid 1961 the congress of racial equality organized a series of freedom rides in which interracial groups rode greyhound buses through southern states in an effort to test the efficacy of the supreme court's ban on segregated families serving interstate travel the freedom riders famously encountered frequent brutal backlash from local residents and law enforcement officials who deployed terrorism and illegal arrests and imprisonment. The Freedom Rides, still in force a year later, proved a costly embarrassment to Southern elected officials and business leaders who saw the region's violent lawlessness splashed across papers around the world. The Freedom Rides came at a moment when Southern violence generally threatened to become a drag on the region's economic prospects and posed a political conundrum for the administration in Washington, which completed which, sorry, competed with the Soviet Union for the loyalty of former colonial subjects in Asia and Africa, most of them non-white. When an angry mob held a group of black worshippers hostage inside the First Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama, the columnist Murray Kempton captured popular opinion in the North and beyond when he caustically remarked, quote, these are proud, brave, and faithful people, and some of them even found time to worry about the wives' of pillars of white citizens uh, who were in danger of having to cook their own breakfast in the morning. The white South had a PR problem. Enter George Singleman, a member of the Greater New Orleans Citizens Council and aid to Leander Perez, the city's leading segregationist. A man so extreme in his anti-black and anti-Semitic prejudices that the local Catholic bishop excommunicated him. Single man's idea was simple. White liberals in the North, he maintained, were hypocrites, and their hypocrisy should be exposed. Safe in their whites' urban and suburban enclaves, they could look down their noses at Southern segregationists because they didn't have to live, work, and go to school with African Americans. By busing thousands of Black Southerners to Northern community, the Citizens Council could bring the civil rights movement home to the North. Northern whites, he surmised, were no more interested in sharing towns and suburbs with black people than were southern whites. It was with this sentiment in mind that the Mississippi House of Representatives passed a non-binding resolution that proposed to redistribute dissatisfied Negro population to other areas where the political leadership constantly clamors for equal rights for all persons without regard to the Constitution, judicial precedent and rights of the states. That was actually what it said all right throughout the south citizens councils as far and wide as macon georgia and selma alabama Shreveport, mississippi and jackson mississippi lied with impunity assuring black residents that jobs and housing awaited them in their new home states this was never the case particularly on cape cod where the off-season unemployment rate normally hovered near 20 percent the irony of course was that the white citizens council didn't really need to pull a cheap stunt the north already had a large black population one that had been growing in leaps and bounds since the start of world war ii to be sure in the north black people could vote and build political power but a complex thicket of discrimination in housing jobs credit banking and policing and in the provision of public services such as education and infrastructure rendered black people as second-class citizens in most northern localities by the mid-1960s urban unrest and contests over schools and housing and and desegregation would lay bare these inequalities. Singleman wasn't wrong per se when he observed a certain comfortable hypocrisy on the part of Northern liberals. He was just moronic in the way he went about trying to expose it. As was the case 60 years ago last week, politicians used a group of vulnerable people to ch- to change the subject, to shift the political debate anymore to more comfortable ground. Um, and here we have it. Nothing new under the sun. Um... As we mentioned, you know, immigration can, uh, reform could be something that might help us and help folks that want to, you know, make a life here in this country. Um, but the way they're going about trying to expose it is cruel. It's inhuman. And it's political theater, theater that does not deserve applause. And because they know how to work the system, they're getting all the applause.
2: But that's going to do it for us this week on Civic Cipher. So once again, I'm your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am Q Ward. You have been listening to, once again, Civic Cipher. Uh, today's show
0: is produced by our
2: producer, Ms. Maggie, a.k.a. Maggie B. Noen. She do.
0: Um, and we want you to check us out. So S-
2: subscribe. Subscribe. Like, yeah. comment, share. Share. All those things. Please. Right? Q, I appreciate that.
0: Um, And if you have any questions, any topics you want us to get to, um, hit CivicCipher.com we ask every week we'll ask again make a donation to the show you can do so through the website you can also hit us at civic cypher on your favorite money sending app very uh convenient we've made it for you um it helps the show grow and we're growing with your support um and uh, be sure to follow us on all social media we are at civic cypher and uh yeah i think that's about it you Got anything that, else i think that's about it all right well until next time y'all peace
1: Step in the borders, with press passes. We bring it to you as it happens. The streets love my crew for music and rapping. Street Commander slash beat expander. Here to fight the slander with the proper propaganda. What's happening? You got a question, then ask it. The news is just a TV show. Get past it. And this from a quiet wartime journalist. Headlines wake up, refuse, and resist. resist. Like this, like this, like this, like this.